Chapter 108 Epilogue Revealed With the Sealy throne empty, long-held resentments and feuds that had simmered beneath the surface, only constrained by the power of the monarchy, may have erupted. As individual battles, as people in the gallery, those that had been sequestered while Mab and I fought, took this opportunity to begin thinning the ranks of old enemies and taking revenge for past grievances. Knives flashed, as those not aware or wary enough were stabbed in the back by enemies and rivals they had fostered over the years. The Marigu was not well suited to do anything about the chaos, other than add to it. They were battle maidens. It was possible for them to damage and not kill, but my solution was immediate and less risky. I blasted Cryonac's aura, increasing the range and the cold effects until ice began to form. Those attacking and defending found their motions slowed, as the cold debuff increased until it became debilitating. I had no way to separate who was affected when I used aura like this, but I wasn't concerned about affecting innocence. The aura was inconvenient, but no one would be seriously harmed, and the debuff would pass. Some smaller fey were completely encased in blocks of ice before the fighting completely died down. They had the highest chance of taking any lasting harm, so I sent flickers of warmth melting the ice blocks but leaving the deep off. Once everything was under control, I was able to use targeted effects to thaw my people. The Scytherin responded to the end of hostilities and restored the room, dismantling the arena and mezzanine and recreating the court and thrones. The Marigu were not pleased and let those who had attacked know. If any more attacks occur by anyone before this is sorted, their voice rang out in unison, that person will meet us in a challenge. Save your anger and hostility. These opportunistic attacks serve no purpose, they warned. To be clear, I will be taking part in this tournament, a voice echoing with power said once the Marigu had given their warning interrupting whatever else they had planned on saying. Until this tournament has completed, I will resume my throne. A door created by Sithen opened into the chamber, and a power entered the room. Her aura was so intense that the Marigu and I both felt the pressure of intent and focus that followed her like a crashing wave. The Ku Sith that had been released and had been tracking the room, exploring the smells and missing bloodstains, returned to my side. They assumed a guard position, their hackles raised, as the woman glided into the light and was revealed. She had many names, Beloved of Danu, Scourge of Nations, Shining Star. She was Brigda, Queen Mother of the Sili, Mother of Loch, former Queen of the Nation. She had abdicated the throne long ago so that she would not be forced to fight or kill her son. In the process, she had stepped back from politics. Her refusal to engage in the game of kings was so complete that most forgot she still existed. No one who knew who she was doubted that she would win the tournament. I thought it highly unlikely that any other challengers would bother to make the effort. If she hadn't chosen to cede the throne to her son, there was no doubt she would have remained queen. 
Her reign began and ended before the triumvirate of power was established as protocol. She ruled solely, never sharing her power. Her word was law and absolute, and yet she had remained fair for the most part. She had never been given to capricious whims, bouts of anger or unreasonable destruction. Most remembered her reign with fondness, especially compared to the insanity and selfishness of Mab. She espoused the latest fashion of bright colours and glamour of light, choosing instead to wear nature's greens, billowing shadows of chiffon and taffeta. Her corset was cinched tightly, allowing the drape of the gown to appear more pronounced. The shoulders were embossed with feathers, the only concession to glitz and fashion. She was more ice queen than the fertility goddess Mab had presented. Hair, eyes, skin tones, in shades of white and palest blue. Her face devoid of any emotion. No grief that her son had sought comfort in the Summerlands, or that Mab had been the instrument of his destruction. Until she appeared, I was the only monarch that had sported regalia. But her accessories were of the same quality. They were legendary artifacts, although it wasn't certain what bonuses they offered. I was certain that they were comparable to my items. As she flowed into the room, C began kneeling, some by choice, mostly because the power of her aura was crushing. They could not resist the call for obsequiousness it demanded. I thought her entrance insulting, her desires that people bow and kneel a poor way to start a new dynasty. I'd always thought the practice demeaning and saw no reason to encourage the practice in my country. I am surprised to see you take an interest, Queen Morgan said, able to ignore the aura as easily as I could. I thought you had faded long ago, Bod agreed. The Marigu were not happy. I knew they had been hoping to gain some advantage out of the Sealy power vacuum that had formed. But Brigda just destroyed any plans they may have considered. I knew this day would come when I stepped down as queen, Brigda explained. My powers of foresight have only grown stronger over the years. But even back then, when I made my choice, I did so because I knew that one day I would take back what was mine, and I would be able to do so without slaying my own son she said, the slightest break in her voice, the only hint of despair she felt at the passage of love. King Tay Mac de Belarasi Cryonax, two soul, system anointed, bringer of change, she said, greeting me formally, acknowledging my titles and revealing that she knew more about my circumstance than anyone else alive. I am Queen Brigda de Brighid. Daughter's daughter of the goddess Brighid. I was the former Queen Seely daughter and heir to Mauve, the first queen. I am Queen Mother of Luch, and I am an oracle of power. I walked with the goddess Brighid, attended banquets with Danu, and dallied with Acris, the god of fertility. I have lived most recently, removed from the insane dance of politics that Mab and her ilk have fostered. And I have done so for a reason, she continued. 
I saw glimpses of your birth and ascension as a ranked king millions of years ago. I considered killing your mother to change the course of history, to save my son. But there was no point. Loch's destiny was woven within the threads of fate the moment he fell for Mab. Still, I would have killed your mother, snipped any chance of your birth, if the future would not have been horrific if I had. If you were not born, if you were not able to affect the weave of history, it would mean the complete destruction of the sea and the loss of the Summerlands. That I have had to stand aside and allow this battle between factions to occur was what was best. I served the sea by my actions and renounced my duties as mother. I allowed actions to take place here today because they were required to keep our people from extinction. But I will not allow you and the Unseelie to influence or shape the direction the sea will take from this point. Going forward, I will retake the throne, and we, our three factions, will work as a triumvirate of power as you'd planned. Contact the herd patriarch. Send out the call for those that would be raised to rank king to try their mettle in battle, she commanded. But know this, she warned. I have foreseen who the next ruler of the Sealy will be, and I give oath that I will regain my throne, no matter how many Sealy I have to slaughter. This is the final chapter of Second Chances on my podcast. After 108 episodes, we've come to the conclusion of the third arc of the story. Thank you so much for listening. I will continue to do other web novels on my podcast, but for now, we are saying goodbye to Second Chances. Thank you again for listening.